Hey everyone, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master of the campaign, and with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the Half-Elf Awakened Mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the Gnome Arcane Trickster Rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the Human Rogue Fighter. Next week will be Rumble Squad Episode 2-6. Join us now for Sharp and Quill Episode 11. Welcome, Agents of the Prime. Last time, the party began the challenges in the Temple of the Prime, and finished the challenge of Archon. They continued on, and tested their knowledge and wisdom in the challenge of Adar, before dealing with their own internal struggles with the challenge of Serdea. You all find yourself outside the door of Serdea, and you notice the symbol of the eyes that are glowing shift in their frame again. Would you like to take it out, Scrib, or do you want me to do it? I got it. I'll take the tile and get to the door. And you place it in, and it locks into place. Do you want to talk about it? She was there. Orle? Yeah. Alive? Yeah. None of that was real. You know, it was just playing with our memories and our hopes. No, I know. What happened? She was doing the forgery. The one that let them get into Veripol. And we had a disagreement. She pointed out a couple of facts. I look over at Akiva. And then Akiva appeared and was going to kill her. Certainly was playing on your fears. So I jumped in front of Akiva with my shield up and it faded. Because at the end of the day, despite everything she's done, she deserves to face justice, not just be killed out of hand. I can understand that. People should be judged for their crimes. Yeah. And you know Akiva would never do that. You know I wouldn't outright kill her if there wasn't a reason. If there wasn't a reason. It would have to be a pretty big reason. And that's why. What was yours, Akiva? I was face-to-face with my father again. Dear old dad, huh? Dear old dad. Same disappointment. Never gonna grow up, because I can't just follow Neslam blindly. And then I had to save, uh, pick between saving Lazarus, who was being attacked by a Sarosworm, and my father. That's pretty tough considering how little love your father has shown for you and how much Lazarus has, but also you're just a familiar buddy. You can always come back. <laughs> as much as I have issues with my father, he's still my father and I don't want him to die for it. Yeah. What about you, Belinda? I was back in the Temple of Adar on the day that the deities disappeared and Catherine Dunham, you know, the head clerk of the Erudite Sanctuary, said that she could Help me get answers. The answer. Solve the whole thing. With a magic ritual. And all I had to do was sacrifice someone. That seems like it shouldn't be a hard choice, but sometimes you think, wow, well, what's one life to solving this huge problem that's affecting so many people? But uh, I'm still on my quest for answers. Nissa? I had the chance to take my revenge against someone or stop somebody from being attacked. I stopped someone from being attacked. Who was it? Somebody who has picked on me quite a lot, and who I was quite tempted to let just be picked on for a change himself, but 
I went and helped him. A bully? Yeah. I know you hate them. <laughs> yeah. And then all eyes turn to our new guest who's going <laughs> to share this open <laughs> emotional connection. I don't know all of you. Well, now you know a little bit more than I think uh, you did before. Yes, I do, and I... It's okay, you don't have to share if you're not comfortable with it. We just bared our souls in front of a stranger. I did not ask you to. (laughs) (laughs) The secrets stay here. I had an opportunity to promote the shrine, to build it up greater, and I just had to take a few people down to do it. Take down in what sense? Disgrace them. They are not bad people, but I had what I can only assume to be false evidence against them. But I could use it and no one would know. What's the challenge of Serdea, goddess of good? I didn't do it. Well, I know we don't know you that well. And from talking with the others, I gather that I came off a bit strong. I, I want to apologize for that. It was not my intention. If anything, it was more, I saw something that I wanted to do to help, and I was just trying to see. So, I was coming from a place of concern and goodwill. I saw someone who I had assumed right away, and wrongfully so, to be down on their luck, and I just wanted to help, and I'll actually lower my mask. Eyes go wide. I know, my appearance gives you certain preconceptions. I'm not here to watch anybody die. I do, however, want to offer if there's anything I can do to help you and your temple, I would be more than happy to. She'll just go, I appreciate it. Perhaps we start by helping us all get back to the shrine. Yes. Once we've finished this. And I'm actually just going to put my mask on. That way she knows it was just a show of good faith. So, evil deity next. So, you guys approach the symbol of Sicton. So, this is Sicton, the goddess of evil. Yep. I'm guessing we should expect something really bad. I assume you walk in. Of course we do. Feeling less confident than after the Adaru, let's be honest. (laughs) I think we're a little shaken. I will be on edge and, like, prepared for anything bad. What could possibly happen? Yeah, um, and I'll I'll hand Scriv a a handkerchief. (laughs) I dab my tears. So, you walk in as the door closes behind you to the same familiar mist... And in the mist reads, Evil saw the fun she could have, though was often spoiled by her sister. She learned not always to be so brash and straightforward, but occasionally subtle. Defeat the evil to proceed. And the mist fades. Shields up, sword out. You find yourself on what appears to be a war-torn, desolate plateau. Old, somewhat broken cages scattered across the ground around you. Blood and gore spread across the field and the cages. Ahead of you, you see two figures. One is bipedal, but has these four arms. Two are holding a trident, and this almost insectoid-like creature with these mandibles, bright red eyes, and this black and purple carapace. The other is quadrupedal has this almost armor-like hide with an unsettling layer of like red fleshy skin poking beneath it it has no real head but just 
Where its face would be is a large mouth with sharpened teeth and a long, what looks like spiked tongue hanging from it. I need all of you to roll initiative. So you see both of these creatures turn and seem ready to attack. Scriv. Would hiding behind one of the cages be... It'd be partial cover because they are slats, so they can still fire through, but it would provide partial cover for you if you hide behind them. Yes, then I will move up to the nearest cage. Bonus action, disengage my shield. As I'm moving, draw my bow. Aim at the trident holding thing and open fire. Go ahead and make an attack roll. 15 versus AC. You go up to the cage, disengage your shield, pull the bow, fire, and it hits its shoulder and the arrow just snaps as it's not high enough and considered a miss. Belinda. I'm going to go with the ego whip at the one with the spiky tongue. What do you want us to call it? It's called a cantaloth. Int save DC 16. He saved. So he doesn't get any other negative effects, but he's still going to take half damage from 20. So he'll take 10 points of psychic damage. So you focus on this quadrupedal bestial thing and lash out at it. It seems to recoil, but not as much as you were hoping. So it's resisted your attack against its own self-doubt. I'm going to move behind one of these cages for half cover over to the right. So I'll just sort of shimmy over that way. So you're moving behind a different cage from Scriv, who had shifted to the left and kind of taking some cover behind it. And I'm brandishing my spear in what I assume is not really a menacing fashion, but what else can you do? Dorahill is going to cling to Akiva's armor from behind and just make herself small. Akiva. I'm going to target the Mezloth then. I'm going to go ahead and cast Hex as a bonus action. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep her behind me. So I'm not going to move and I'm just going to hit, uh, throw some Eldritch Blast at the uh, Mezloth. So what's the attack rolls? 21 for the first and then 11 for the second. The 21 hits, the 11 misses. So that's going to be seven force damage and four necrotic damage. As you focus this dark tendril around him and release your Eldritch Blast, the first one cracks into his shoulder and you see him stumble back. The second one hits the dirt by his feet. It's the Caneloth's turn. As it starts to lumber towards you, its tongue shoots 25 feet at you, Scriv. Hello? And wraps around you. You take 13 points of piercing damage. Find your arms partially constricted to your side as you are also restrained. And as this happens, you bash the cage slightly as you are yanked all the way towards it. And it goes to swipe at you with its claws. It rakes across your chest for 10 points of slashing damage. And you are currently grappled and restrained. It's the Mesoloth's turn. I need everyone else except Scriv to make a constitution saving throw. 13. 17. 13. Durahil rolled 15. Okay, good. You all say, by the way, it gestures two of its arms out as gas forms right by Nyssa and encompasses this 20-foot area. You all take nine points of poison damage. The area is now heavily obscured, so you can't see out of this. Scriff, you do notice this creature? Move off to the side. Nyssa, there's gas all around you. You hear commotion but you are having difficulty breathing. Your lungs are 
burning with pain. Yeah, I'm going to move forward and try and get out of this gas. Okay, so stumbling straight ahead at 20 feet, you are just exiting the gas. and But you do see over to your right is the creature with the trident. Over to your left, Scriv being crushed by the Kenneth. Bonus action, crossbow bolt to the one holding Scriv. Okay, make your attack roll. 11. You fire and it just glances off of its armored hide. Can I magic missile at the same target? Roll your damage. At 12 total. All right, Scriv, you see four bolts of magic missile slam into the soft, squishy parts of this creature between the plates of armor on its body. Scriv, you are currently restrained by this thing's tongue. I would like to break out. Make an athletics or acrobatics check. 19. You kind of shift your stone bracer that is also your shield and push it to provide some leverage between you and the spiked tongue. Push it enough that you shove the tongue off of you and slip away. Free action, drop my bow. Bonus action to activate the shield again. I saw Nissa's magic missile earlier, so I would like to shift myself to the right and place myself as a barrier between Nissa and the creature. You have your shield active, you shift over, and Nissa being slightly behind you, still in the fight, your bow on the ground, your sword in hand. Belinda. I'm going to move straight forward. Okay, takes you five feet, and you take five more feet to notice that, like, it behind you clearly. Can I see Nissa? Yes, you can see Nissa. You can just, I'll say, see Scriv as not quite where he was before. I am going to go ahead and do my psionic surge to overload my enemy's defenses. And then I am going to unleash my psychic grip on this creature. So it is now considered paralyzed, correct? Yes. And I'm going to use my reaction to drag it towards me. <laughs> you reach out and hold, like crush its mind. It seems to lock up and be pulled straight towards you, Nissa, but you notice, like, its feet are dragging. It's not like it's actually lifting it. I can say telepathically to Kiva. Akiva, I have the creature paralyzed, so you can try to kill it now. Dora Hill is going to stumble off to the side, coughing, and see what's going on, and then start to circle, kind of to keep a scrib between her and the creature. She's still keeping some distance from you, scrib, but she looks like she's trying to get to you, but carefully. Akiva, I need to make a cons a concentration check on Hex. Drops. I walk forward <laughs> as far as I can. At 20 feet, suddenly you emerge coughing and sputtering, and you're face to face with this, this cantaloth, this creature, but it seems like it's locked. Great, this is where I wanted to be. I am going to uh, attack at it with my Kopesh, and I'm going to go ahead and burn a charge. What's the attack roll? Uh, 27. 27 hits. So you're saying you use a charge from your sword. What does that do? On a hit, I can choose to expend one charge and deal an extra 2d8 necrotic damage. Then they have to make a DC 15 con save or gain disadvantage on strength saves for one minute. What is the total damage? 30. <laughs> you take your Kopesh and hack through its armor. You see some of the plating like start to crumple slightly under the slash of your blade. Tries to recoil from the hit, but it seems to want to scream, but it can't move. Lazarus, anything? I'm just going to keep him circling above and keep an eye on the mesolith. 
it's the Canaloth's turn who can't do anything except make a save at the end of his turn. He didn't save. The Mesloth is coming towards you. It is going to attack you twice. He slashes your back for eight points of damage, and I need you to make a concentration check. So con save. I'm 11. You maintain the paralysis as he goes to strike at you with his trident and rolls a 13, so misses. Nissa. I would like to pull my dagger of wounding and stab it, please. Roll with advantage. 20 to hit. Uh, yeah. And it's considered a crit. What's the damage? 39. And you said dagger of wounding, right? So how much necrotic damage will he take? Four. So you stab this thing, like, where its neck should be, and just yank the blade down. This greenish blood just everywhere for a moment. It's still up, but it looks bad. Can I, like, turn and try and fire at the one that's attacking Belinda? Yeah. So, attack roll. 19. Yeah, that hits. Uh, nine. So you fire the crossbow. It sinks into its chest and hurts, but you can tell it didn't do as much as you hoped. Okay, I will move across to help Linda out then. Okay, so you're moving around to get closer to the Mesloth. Scriv! I got this. All right, I will run past it, and then I would like to use my action to burn two charges from my blade and cast Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. So you see the hand go to reach up to grab this creature, and it catches it with two of its arms, the two not holding the trident, and shoves it to hold it open and away from it. Bonus action, second wind. I will action surge and then attack with my sword. Make your attack roll. Uh, 24. 24 hits. What's the damage? five, and I will burn one of my superiority die to make it a trip attack. Total damage? Eleven. You slash at its legs and it stays standing. That brings us to you, Belinda. I am going to go ahead and uh, use my Mend Wounds ability for three points. Yeah, I get eleven hit points back. And then the only bonus action I have that might be useful is I'm going to go ahead and use Assess Foe on the Mesoloth so I can see its current hit point total, and I'd like to know if it has any resistances. Its current hit points are 51, and it has resistance to cold, fire, lightning, and non-magical weapons. I'm just going to say that to the group. Uh, it has resistances to cold, fire, lightning, and non-magical damage, and it is at a level of hardiness that is comparable to Akiva. I'm going to pull away. He's going to make an attack on you. He swipes and clips your armor, but does not connect. Oh, thank goodness. And then, like the proud heroine I am, I'm going to run past Scriv and hide behind this cage. So you get around the cage and take some cover. Dorahill is going to come up behind you, Akiva, because you're looking a little hurt, and you're also the closest one. She's going to also hide behind you, but put a hand on your back and go, hope this feels better. You gain 9 HP back. Alright, so Akiva, you're up, and it's still paralyzed. Staggering smite first. Alright, so you are using bonus action for staggering smite. So attack roll with advantage. 14, <laughs> not great. So you swing and it deflects off of his armored hide. Lazarus? I'll have Lazarus attack him. Attack roll with advantage. 21. A 21 hits. Six piercing damage. Kenneloth's turn, who can only do one thing at the end of his turn and make an int save. It's the Mesoloth's turn. Oh. <laughs> the Mesoloth 
puts two of its claws together for a second as it starts to form some sort of black energy in its hand. It's just gonna create a realm of darkness and you lose all sight. However, Nissa and Scriv, with disadvantage if you want to try, you do hear feet move away from you. Yeah, I'll do it. 25. 25 hits. So what is the total damage? 28. But that, I believe, is all it can do. Nissa. I'll try moving out of the darkness to the left. You do bump into Scriv briefly. Sorry. <laughs> so you bump into him for a second, but you do remember Scriv was right next to you when this happened, and you find yourself face-to-face with the Cantaloth. Oh, hi again. Make your attack roll with advantage. 25. 25. That hits and is considered a crit. 34. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you want to do this? <laughs> can I lop its tongue off? So its tongue is currently, like, slightly out of its mouth as it's frozen, and you just hack into its tongue and rip and then jab your blade into its mouth up through its skull. And as you pull the blade out, it's not making any noise anymore or shivering in place, but it's still standing. That's so weird. Scriv! I would like to make my way next to Belinda, just in case the... You don't really... You know generally where Belinda was, so you're just going to move up to where she was. I would like to go up to where she was. Okay, so you bang your shoulder into the cage and kind of feel along it till you get to Belinda and... Belinda, you just feel someone touch you. Still up the- It's me, it's me, it's me. Oh, okay. Oh, man. If the creature attacks me, I would like to repost, retaliate. Belinda. I can't really see anything. I'm going to take a step back. Okay. There's a wall of darkness in front of you. But now you can see. I am now looking at a wall of darkness like, this is not great. I need to see things to kill them. Like, it's kind of my thing. I'm going to step back in, step a little bit further, kind of feeling along the cage, and I'm going to hope and trust that the uh, creature is nearby, and I'm going to poke around me with my spear to attack it. Make your attack roll with disadvantage. An 11. You stab. You don't hit anything. Well, it was worth a shot. I will then snake my way back to where Scriv is. Dora Hill is confused and can't really do much. Akiva. I'm going to walk in there. Try not to stab me. <laughs> you say that as you walk in? Yes. Okay, so you walk. How far into it are you going? I will walk until I touch something. <laughs> 30 feet in, you have not felt anything. You're not on the other side either. You're completely blind. I am going to use my action to draw a card from my deck of illusion and throw it outside uh, to my left outside of as far as I can. Okay. What do you draw? It is a red dragon. So, Nissa, you hear Dora Hill scream, stare towards the back end of this darkness. No one else sees anything because the darkness is blocking everyone's field of view. Scriv, you're being attacked. Oh, I'm going to attack right back, even though it's disadvantage. Okay, so first, you feel claws sink into your ribs and yank across for 14 points of slashing damage. You're using your reaction? Yeah. Make your attack roll. 23. Okay. What is the damage? 10, and I will make it a trip attack, so 17 total. So you feel him hit the ground, but he gets back up. He does hit you again. You feel this sharp pain for 7 points of damage. And he is going to pull away from you, but you use your reaction already. Yep. Does he pull away from me? He does. You can make an attack roll at disadvantage. 18. 18 just hits. 
What is the total damage? It is a total of nine points of damage. So Belinda, you hear the scuffling of these little clawed feet start to pull away and you thrust the blade forward. Your hand actually like bumps, you realize the corner of the cage as you slip between the bars and you felt a resistance briefly and the darkness fades around you and you see this thing through its throat, the spear, as it suddenly becomes very heavy and you pull the spear out as it crumples to the ground. Wait, dragon? <laughs> what? Can I, can I actually do something real quick? Dora Hill starts to run away. Uh, I'll be like, I got this. And then I will just go ahead and run and jump and slam my sword down. Can I, can that, can that trigger my smite real quick? Sure. <laughs> On the illusion that you made. And then as I'm doing that, I'll dispel the illusion. <laughs> so you slam your blade down. There's a flash of energy as the dragon suddenly disappears. I got it, guys. What? <laughs> Dora Hill is at the far end of the room behind a cage. It's okay. It's gone. Hiding. Whatever happened, it was gone. Except we're still in this room. There is a door at the other end that suddenly shimmers. Scriv looks bad. I'm going to use two charges of the life spear to heal. And then I'll go over to Dora Hill. It's okay. I got it. It's dead. Okay. It just appeared out of the darkness. 11 points back to Scriv. But, oh man, I did not like anything about that at all. That darkness was not great. We gotta make a plan for, like, dealing with that, because none of us currently have the magical capability to deal with anything like that. Maybe we could buy something in town once this is all taken care of. I might have been able to if I hadn't expended the last of my magical energy to try and smite the big beastie over there. The dragon? No, that came in handy. I'm talking about... The four-legged beastie with the tongue. I would like to mosey over to the door. <laughs> yeah, let's head for the door. Dora Hill, are you okay? I'm okay. It's fine. I got it. It was okay. It was just a young one. Y- yes. Let's, let's just, um, she starts to head over to the door. So you all exit out the door. Find yourself on the outside of the room of Sicton. The symbol free. I assume you take it and put it at the main door. I take it, but I would like to take maybe an hour's rest before placing it in the door. Sure. You guys heal up a bit. Any ideas about what's on the other side of the door? The answer? To why everyone's gone? I don't know. A chance to talk to Vladir? Ooh. Dora Hill looks more interested. Alright. We ready? Yup. You place the disc in. The door seems to shift slightly, as if it just became unlocked. I will push the door open. As you step beyond... Into the next room, you notice a circular chamber, at the center of which is a raised pedestal holding a crystal orb that seems to have swirling stars in its center. You notice a tapestry on the back wall and on the ceiling above you. On one side, what appears to be a glowing golden orb. On the other, a darkened sphere with sunken eyes and a jagged mouth portrayed on the ceiling. At the far end of the room, On the back wall is another image. Nine figures surrounding, slightly above, a crystalline prison, in the center of which you can see some form of elven figure that is smaller than the other nine. Below the imagery of the crystalline prison, you notice smaller figures that seem to be helping in its construction. You are not alone in this room, however. Sitting in what appears to be quiet meditation is a creature Nissa has seen before. You notice 
a long, pale neck, smooth, hairless head, large, owl-like features to its face, no mouth, but almost like coming to a point, with big, dark eyes, and six arms. Its robes look old, a bit tattered and dusty, like it's been here for some time. You notice hanging from its neck a similar amulet with a purple cracked crystal in its center. And as you enter the room, the spell weaver opens its eyes and speaks to you all telepathically. I am Viendrid. Welcome, agents of the Prime, I assume. I hope you have found what it is you seek. And if not, perhaps I can help. Viendrid, I think we're here to talk to you. Well, I assume so. Do you serve the four, or is there one in particular? I am a servant of Adar, and I'll point to my holy symbol. It would make sense that, of all of them, he would send an agent of his. Welcome. I couldn't help but notice the amulet you're wearing. Yes, I found it long ago. A relic of a dynasty. One that was wiped out from knowledge. Do you know anything else about that empire? Yes. This is the Zamyar dynasty. Unlike my siblings, it was during this time period that we crossed into your plane. Wait, your people have been here since the Zamyar dynasty? Yes. Very long time. Spellweavers have an interesting life cycle i've noticed compared to other creatures on this plane we have our own i suppose you'd call it cocoon our newer bodies reform within it and we emerge before it reseals and begins the process anew should we die but you're the same being the same person with all of our memories from all the lifetimes that we've lived so you know what happened in the missing period. You know what happened during the Silent Age. Yes and no. Well, what do you know? I didn't exist then. I... I'll, I'll put a hand on his shoulder. It's okay. I know the Zamyar lived most of their people anyways, much like humanoids have lived for many of the years that I walked upon the surface of Nabrasil. At the time where I crossed over, humanoids were in competition with much larger and stronger entities, giants and dragons. And then the Zamyar appeared, yeah. Zamyar specifically seemed to want to build his own empire. And after the giants and dragons wiped each other out, he really seemed to only think the gods his competition. And at this, you see Viendred turns towards the image of the crystalline prison behind him. May I approach and get a closer look? He gestures with the arms on the right side of his body to go ahead. I think we'll all walk up together. What knowledge were you speaking of? A way to protect himself from the gods, the only real competition he saw amongst the planes. The reach of those currently beyond us. It's the name of the book that... Well, I think Voderin Zamyar wrote. His head tilts slightly. He has an elongated neck, by the way, so it's as if his whole head is like moving in this weird snake-like. I start digging through my pack to try and 
find the book. We've done some research. We're not coming in completely empty-handed, but we have a lot of questions. But we've seen this before, and I'll gesture at the orb with the face. The image of Erebus. Was this worshipped? What does it mean here? This Temple of the Prime. This was built just on the tail end of the fall of the Zanyar. A way to preserve some knowledge. I believe Adar and Serdea helped in the construction of this temple. They wanted to preserve the knowledge of Erebus? To what end? A warning? Against what? Should Erebus return. What is this mural representing? Found it, by the way. Just kind of like tilts his head the other way. You notice his eyes are black, like completely pupilless, just completely black. Try not to be disturbed because there is history literally right here. This prison, the warning. Yes, there were two forces at the beginning of all things. He gestures towards the golden orb. Positive life, Amaldir on the opposite end. And he gestures towards the head. Erebus, negative, unlife. From Amaldir came the prime, though they do not... I believe, understand why they came to be, but I can't speak for gods. Erebus, though, wanted to convert all to unlife, whether this is by conscious choice or simply primal will. I am uncertain. Vodaran, and he gestures towards the crystalline prison image, sought ways to defend humanoids from the gods. I believe he may have found something the gods did not want him to know. I do not know what happened, as my last memory of anything of this empire and its people was a flash, like a constellation in the night sky. And then I was on an open field. On what plane? On this one. There was no sign of any of the towns cities of the Zamyar. It was all gone. I assume that this image is what became of Vodarim himself imprisoned by the gods for his hubris. Do you think everything was destroyed? I think the gods reacted quickly and decisively, and whatever it was that he was attempting to do was put to a stop instantly. Seems an extreme reaction to wipe out a bunch of innocent people. I do not know if they were all wiped out. I cannot remember faces. Perhaps their memories were erased like mine was of those final instants, and they were placed elsewhere. There are followers of, and he gestures towards the smaller figures, the gods seem to help in the construction. You think the Zamyar might live on amongst us? I believe he is imprisoned, perhaps on a demiplane. No, I meant not Vodarim, the people. They probably lived their lives and aged and died. But they would have descendants. Yes, there are probably descendants of the Zamyar somewhere in the world. Not that they would have memory of it, I assume. Can I take a look just at the mural with this knowledge in place just to try and piece together? This is his interpretation of what the mural is. Are you just looking or are you like getting real like up-close archaeological... Up close, archaeological, I want to take in as many details as possible. As you go up and start to inspect, 
and touch the edges of this mural, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. 20. So as Scriv is touching this, you see he recoils in pain for a split second. You take three points of psychic damage. Is it like when I touched the last one? More intense, but yes. And there is a brief flash of an image of that crystalline prison in your mind. And you see movement of people for a split second, but then it's gone. As if you were there. Okay. Are you okay? I saw a thing... When you came down here, you touched the symbols, right? Yeah, of course. Did they hurt you? No. They hurt me the same way that this thing just zapped me. So you got another vision? Yes. You want me to check it out? Because you are the closest to a representative of the Prime. Vendred kind of just... You were not harmed by the message from above. No. Should I have been? Have you encountered members from my home realm before? I don't believe so. Do you have ancestry of some sort that has? As far as I know, my mother is a human and my father is an elf. They're very normal, material plane residents. What are you insinuating? I know of no humanoids that possess the ability to read Qualith. Tony, do I know what Qualith is? Have I heard this before? Roll a history check. 18. 22. 24. 15. It is the language usually used by aberrations and mind flares specifically. It is a psychic imprint and writing that is used to transmit words and sometimes images directly into a person's mind. Most people cannot mentally handle the language of Qualith, as the intensity of the mental energies actually harms the person, even if they get the message across. So, Belinda and Scriv are aware that Qualith is a language, a literal psychic language and psychic imprint upon surfaces. I would wag my finger, pointing at the mural. Yep, that's Qualith. That, mm-hmm, that makes sense. I'll say to Viendred, I am psychically adept, I suppose. And yet you have no exposure to the far realm? As far as I know, no. I was given, I guess, special power by Adar on the day he disappeared. Interesting, as the deities don't interact with the far realm. It is almost anathema to them. There's so much we don't know. While this is going on, can I have been trying to reach out to Umbra? Okay. What are you saying? I hope everything's going well with sifting through your memories. We're getting a lot more information relating to your siblings. Roll charisma. And I'll go ahead and uh, reach out to the mural. Can I try and take a closer look at the orb that I recognize while everyone is busy doing stuff? Yeah. I'll just investigate. Okay. So go and roll investigation. So there's the mural of the crystalline prison and the orb kind of extends both of the two other orbs kind of extend downwards as well so you could touch either of those well for now uh, the crystalline prison yes since that's where scriv reached out and was psychically poked you touch the wall and you get this as both kind of words and imagery mortals of the created world grew and flourished though some feared what they did not know that fear turned one such mortal to seek ways to destroy the gods the mortal searched across the multiverse until he found what he sought, and in so doing, 
destroyed himself, becoming nothing more than a vessel for something far worse. The beast that came to be called Vodarim was torn asunder before becoming whole in this world, as the gods and their followers imprisoned the aberration so that it could never unleash the utter devastation it sought. Yet it is not but in chains and woe to those who see this symbol, for the end of the gods is nigh. So Belinda, as you see this, you kind of see imagery of peaceful people, and then this robed, like, fey figure, briefly. Modarim. You see a flash of five crystals that all meet at a central point, and then you see this crystalline prison, as these words kind of, like, enter your mind. I'm going to turn to Viendred real quick and say, have you seen this message? Perhaps you read it more clearly than I. But yes, I have seen imagery of happy people. The five crystals that meet at the central point and the crystalline prison of this, I assume to be Vodaram. But did you hear the message? There was a message. It really expands on, I think, what you told us. And I'll... I'll recite it for the group. So, Akiva, as you reach out, what was your charisma check? Seven. You look up at the crystalline prison. Focus. Nothing. Okay. So then I'll just kind of add, so you are probably busy, and we're also getting more and more information. I'll try to give you as much of a rundown as I can, because I feel like this is at least important for you to have regarding your past. Nissa, what was your investigation check? A natural 20, so 26. So you inspect... The crystal orb and the pedestal study it. It is definitely the item that you saw back in Neverhelm of the glass ball filled with stars, the one attributed to Serdea. With your natural 20, I'll also give you this looks like a crystal ball. It is magical. It has other enchantments that you see as well. And you assume that to use its full effects would require attunement, but this is one of the items of the gods that was either created or at least placed upon the walls in Neverhelm, right in front of you. While everybody's doing everything, can I kind of just take a look at Viendred and just kind of take a look at him, see if maybe he's looking for ulterior motives in terms of giving us this information, or if he's hostile? What is his like emotional state right now? How's, how's he feeling about all this stuff? Roll inside, then. Natural 20, 23! Studying Viendred, you get no hostile intent. You get no nefarious intent. He seems mostly curious, a little confused even, as his attention is very much focused on Belinda. I would say, like, you even get with a nat 20 insight I'll give you, he doesn't seem to fully believe Belinda's story of how she has her powers. So I assume you've been here for a while, how long have you been here studying the, all this text and, it, and all the, the images? I have given myself the task of being its guardian to those that come to seek this knowledge. So the emperor tries to find something that can fight the gods. He travels throughout space, throughout the realms, and he, I guess, stumbles on Erebus's prison and maybe gets corrupted, maybe gets touched by something in the far realm, maybe Erebus just decides to escape his prison and, like, inject a little bit of his mojo into the Emperor. No, no, he takes over. Vodarum is is destroyed. He does not exist. 
then he comes back to the prime material and he starts doing some great work. Probably the amulets are probably part of some terrible machination from this this being. Would you turning to the spell weaver, would you happen to know what is the purpose of those amulets? Because that's not the first one we've we've seen. The amulets, I am not sure, but they helped to allow me access to this place. How? Oh, they have the imprint of the Zamyar on them. And they were, I believe, created by a way of protecting from powerful psionic capabilities. I can't say for certain, as mine is broken. Are they protective keys? Is that what you're saying they would do, even though they're obviously damaged? I believe whole they are protection, yes. Protection for important personnel? We're assuming that there's an amulet per major site at this point, and it follows the pattern. How did you come across your amulet? I found it a long time ago, not far from here, actually. Was it intact when you found it, or was it had it already been cracked? It had already been cracked. We're trying to understand all of this and what it means. We're on a quest to find out what happened to the gods, Adaris absent others their connections are weak do you know what happened you've been here i just realized there's an issue with ah i suppose that's what that's why they left this here what is that starlight's gaze a blessed item of serdea i believe with a little help from adar the two planned and created this crystal ball how does that relate to the gods disappearing on the day of Minelia, the third day of any week, it seems to grant a vision of an event that has not yet come to pass. The vision is from the perspective of someone at a place, but after the event passes, a new vision is chosen. Have you used this? If so, what sort of things have you seen? The most recent was of a towering figure wearing armor, A skeletal blade, crumpling and falling to dust. What place? It looked like a palace of some sort, but that vision has changed. What day of the week is it? Anarya, which is the seventh day of the week. What's the name of the the temple lady that's with us? Jurahil. She is slack-jawed. Can I check on her and just kind of make sure she's doing okay? I'm- I'm alright, thank you. I just- a lot? Yeah. Is there anything I can do for you? This kind of undoes what was spoken of and the formation of the everything. Yeah. Do you want to sit down? She just sits on the ground. You know, sometimes we find out everything we thought was a lie. It'll be okay. Is passage here safe? Can we come back and see this vision? You are agents of Adar. I can only assume it is meant for you. So you're not here to offer us guidance, only information. Yes. You have no motive here? You're not trying to prevent this return? You're just here as a neutral party? If I can prevent the return, that is probably all for the best. But I am here to guard the information. When you say guard, you mean prevent its destruction? Prevent those from damaging or destroying the information or trying to use it for another purpose. That I have to ask, has that ever happened? Have there been attempts made in the many years you've been here? They are no longer a problem. It's not enough. 
What other purpose could this information be used for? People search to find a way to release Vodarum or find where Erebus is. But I assume Erebus is in the Shadowfell, or at least the way to get to him is there. Why do you say that? <laughs> it is pure necrotic energy. The Shadowfell is a barrier of sorts that seems to have much necrotic energy considering a god resides there who is not necrotic in nature. I personally don't believe Vodarum found Erebus. I believe he found something else. Something worse? My home plane was the one of the last places that he seemed to search in. What happened to your home plane? Oh, it exists. It would destroy the mind of most, though, should you step through. The Far Realm is a place where things do not make sense to those from this plane. Who were the people that came before? We don't know of anyone working in opposition to us right now. We thought we were just on a quest for answers. It has been years since anyone's come through here. Agents who search for Erebus. Do you know who they worked for? Or who they were? No, because they came seeking knowledge on his release. And I wanted to make sure that that could not happen, so I dealt with them swiftly. They didn't happen to have this symbol, and I'll minor illusion the symbol of the Whispered Ones. The symbol of the finger to the lips? Yeah. They did. Is that a group I should know? It's a group we've seen before. This seems antithetical to their goals, since they're on a never-ending quest for power, so I assume they think they can harness whatever they find for themselves. Well, that is a power that took all the gods to lock away. That is helpful, actually, for us. Even if it's been many years. It's something we need to know. So we can plan what to do next. I guess our goals align with yours on this. Yeah, you've been extremely helpful. Thank you. Knowledge is an important thing. If it can be used for the betterment, I am happy to share it. And none of you have had any particular thoughts on trying to release these entities, so... No. Personally, I want to just find out what's happening with Adar so that he can return. The void he has left behind is not been filled yet. I assume then why Adar is missing is a great plan in place that is meant to stop any ill that comes. That's my hope, and we're doing our part. About this, the Starlight's Gaze, I assume it must stay here. No. If you are telling the truth, and I have sensed no deception in any of you, I believe that is the purpose of this orb now, to aid you. Well, I'm glad that you can trust us. Our intentions are good. Your thoughts have not betrayed your words. We didn't realize our thoughts were being read. My apologies. A protective measure in case those who attempt to lie to me. I'm glad we prove it ourselves. Well, then I guess, is there anything else we should know? We've tried to ask the right questions. If there are those that seek the freedom of Erebus or Vodarum, either would be detrimental to this plane. Even those who attempt to pull from the energies of Amaldir would have a great amount of power on their side. These are dangerous forces to deal with. I would simply say proceed with caution. Since you have this knowledge here and this amulet, how would we return here? The same way we came? If we completed the challenges? You have completed the challenges. So we would simply be able to walk through the door again? The door would be open for you. So... 
If they can wipe out the memory of Zamyar, why didn't they wipe out the memory of Erebus? And if they did, where are people getting their information of Erebus? Because this isn't the first time we've seen Erebus. We saw it with Tenebris. Yeah, but that was in the Abyss. So where did he learn about it? There are other planes, I think is what Akiva's saying. It sounds like they did their best to destroy what was on the material plane. The gods can affect the material plane more easily than they can others. Okay. Particularly if there is a god on that plane that does not want memories affected. So it sounds like the knowledge could have lived on in many different corners of the planes that we would never find or suspect. It is hard to utterly remove knowledge from all things. I really need to get out there. There's so much information that could have been wiped out that might just exist in other planes, other libraries, other keepers like you. There are not many of us. Do you mean you know of others? Others of your people who perform a similar task? Oh, no, not similar. Not at all. I have a shared link upon any of our deaths. We get flashes of memory of what the other experienced. It is a mental link among our people. I apologize for Rydot's attitude and behaviors. You should. He was kind of a jerk. So you encountered another spellweaver, Nissa? Yep. It sounds like she killed another spellweaver. Mm-mm. No, but her friends did. Twice, in fact. They met with him again. Fun. What was he doing? He seems to be seeking that crystal ball as a way to help him find other items like it. There was an image of that in the ruins. The ruins that you mentioned. Yeah. It wasn't, and I'll pull out my copish, wasn't this one of them too? Something like that. Are we accidentally amassing these things? They are weapons created with power from the gods directly. You're afraid we are doing the exact opposite of what we want to do and gathering everything that's needed. A little bit. I do not know the plans of Vadar. I can only assume that your decisions are calculated if you are his agents. Making a lot of assumptions of our competency there. I have faith that I've been directed on this path. Then follow that faith, for I'm sure Adar will lead you in the correct path. Then I suppose we'll take this and be on our way. Is there any way to reach you, or we must physically return? Especially because I worry if you have that amulet and this knowledge, someone could attempt to gain it again. And you seem very capable, but if it becomes too much for you, I would like to know if there's any way we could help, or if we could give it almost a warning. Because I would imagine the next step, if they get to you and get the information you have, would be to come to us. He gestures with two of his arms towards the crystal ball. If you wish to check up on me, scry upon me. I will know it is you as you come into contact and I can then send you messages accordingly. Well, that leaves one thing. Durahill? Yes? How does this play into your responsibilities as, you know, the guardian of this temple? Perhaps due to the information I now have, I may keep a closer eye on those seeking to worship at the altar of Ladir. So you would like to continue as a protector of the knowledge? Ladir is a powerful god, and with his blessings, I will make sure those that come through, if any should, follow the correct 
path here. Vandred, would she be able to return? Can you teach her? I can allow her to remain with me briefly so that she may gain the knowledge necessary to see the symbols for herself. That would be wise, I think. Durahill, I hope we're not wrong to trust you. No, no. I have a direction now, and that is more purpose than my life has had up until recently. With a failing shrine, it's good to have something to strive for. I want to apologize by the first impression that I gave you when we first spoke. I did not mean any offense, and you've proven yourself more than capable of many things. And I understand we kind of inadvertently thrust this responsibility on you. So, at least for that part, I am sorry. But I do think you're capable enough, and if you ever need anything from us, or at the very least from me, feel free. Please let us know. We'll check up on you every now and again with scrying, I guess. And just to make sure you're okay. And I'll say, and should you ever need to leave, please leave a message in this, and I'll give her the message mirror. She'll look it over. Very well. And she'll pocket the message mirror. I can leave it for you hidden by the the shrine, should anything happen. And she looks at Viendred, like, with a little bit of, like, concern. We should get started. Viendred goes, you will need a way back. Thank you very much. I'm afraid we're going to go now and attend to boring... You know, otherworldly needs and ponder everything you have given us. It's a lot. Understandable. I've spent many, many years here and have had time to process it. This has been an hour you have spent here. Does not feel like it. Have we taken the crystal ball? We didn't actually say we take it yet. You haven't said it. Put it in the bag of holding? Mm-hmm. And then I guess we will return to the city streets. Viendred goes up to the side of the mural. There's a blank space in the wall. And he places four of his hands at four separate corners and seems to draw kind of this doorway and shimmering green light appears in the kind of a door frame. And he gestures, this will return you in a flash of light. Thank you. He bows his head slightly. Take one last look at one of the oldest ruins I have ever seen and walk through. I give him a, a nod and step through. And you, in a flash of light, return to the Shrine of Lydia. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules as Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to our DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to support us, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Thank you for joining us on our adventures. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our player's to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DM's notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. 
We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.